Sunday evening is upon us once again, which means it's time to record the Chair Shot podcast to chat about the week's news and reviews. Quite literally, I mean, those are the two things we talk about here. I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, we've got Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, everybody. Heading up the uh, the England office there uh, and throwing over back to this Emerald Isle, we have Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello. Emerald Isle is probably among the most annoying names for us. You don't like it? <laughs> no, because it's just kind of, there's something a bit American-y. A bit twee, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a bit. Um, Speaking of that, I forgot to mention this the other day, but I was in America on St. Patrick's Day. And oh, yeah. I, tell you, I tell you what, if you love a bit of green plastic chat, <laughs> get down to America on St. Patrick's Day because they will stick a shamrock on literally anything. The fucking ATMs had shamrocks stuck on the side. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. It was, it, it was, it was awful, I'll be honest. Not that I don't like yeah. St. Patrick's Day. But <laughs> just garish, ostentatious displays. Of- you can hate it. You can hate it. It's fine. It's it's all right. It's not. It, there's nothing wrong with hating St. Patrick's Day. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. And if there's two things the Americans love, it's complaining about cultural appropriation and sticking shamrocks on things. Yeah. Yeah. And turning their like has no one brought it up that you know we don't do the dye our water thing you know we don't do that why do you do it it's like so odd. Um, um, the other thing is the uh, pinching for not wearing green. Yes, that was never a thing here. Never. That's a not thing a thing here. in Ireland. Um. Yeah. They like they like pinch each other when they're not being obnoxious for sixty seconds. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, America. Um, oh, America. No, we love it, really. We love it, really. I have, t- I have two friends currently in the States on holidays, and I'm very jealous. Mm. Uh, one of them's gone to Las Vegas, uh, having a, a great time, it looks. Uh, and another friend of mine from work has gone to New York City, baby. Love the Mets. Ooh, the Mets. Um, uh, the pizza pie. Yeah, she's had some nice looking pizzas, I will say. She's been there multiple times before. I, I think that I know a number of Irish people who, like, the, the people I know who've been to New York go to New York every chance they can every couple of years. Like, it's their big holiday they save up mm. for every two or three years because it's, like, you know, it's New York. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that's going on. But anyway, in, in way less interesting news here, uh, uh, you know, not jet, jetting off to New York City, uh, I jetted back to the office this week uh, oh. for the first time since... Everything kicked off two years ago, over two years ago, in fact, early March 2020. Uh, this was my uh, my first day back. We're doing one day a week. Uh, and this day uh, was very much like the first day back at school um, after the summer holiday. Um, it was everyone acting like, well, I was acting, not acting, everyone correctly uh, uh, behaving like we hadn't seen each other in years because <laughs> that was literally the case. Um, and just everyone, you know, exchanging news and hugs and celebrating that we were all back. It was quite nice. It was nice to get that little bit of human interaction. Um, I know, I mean, myself and Brona are both still in our little spare room here together, 
uh, you know, living and working side by side with each other. So it's nice to just get up early, go on a bus, go outside, go for a walk. Get a, the, the classic tradition of like getting a tea on your way to work because you're in a rush and and it's not like you know your work from home thing where you just get up and get one at any stage during the day. Sure. Um, so it was really really nice. And honestly, it, the 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 human interaction was was greatly appreciated. I remember thinking to myself during the course of the workday, I was like, if I if if we were had the option to go back in tomorrow, I absolutely would. Um, that quickly came crashing back down to earth when I got caught in the rain waiting for a bus. Um, uh, some things never change, you know. Um, and then I was kind of like, actually, one day a week is fine. One day a week is fine. Um, uh, I think I think that'll be a solid balance because that's going to be our thing. It's going to be every Wednesday going forward. Get up, go to work, normal work day, and then work from home the other four. Uh, I think that's fine. I'll get that human interaction, and then I get because the, I do like the creature comforts of the work from home uh, yeah. uh, situation. You know, you, you you're in your comfort zone. Um, most importantly, as I mentioned, the bus. I that's two hours not wasted traveling. You know what I mean? Um, uh, every day. So uh, yeah, no, it was nice, and it felt like a nice little um, uh, bookend of sorts. It, I I did think to myself that morning. I was kind of like, this is probably a day I will remember for for ages when i'm telling the story in 10 years time to you know kids or whatever it'll be and then there was the day we went back oh yes let me tell you it was nice it was nice um other than that not really too much else here in the old life guff for myself hmm. uh, had, had a quiet weekend in uh, didn't do a whole lot with it in a good way relaxed had a lot of lions uh what about you boys what have you been up to this week well just thinking about the, the back to work thing. Um, my previous company, uh, where I was working when COVID began, um, moved out of the premises where they were. Um, oh. And this is something that I've been thinking about now because, you know, you see discourse about working from home and companies trying to force people to go back to the office. Yeah. I, I suppose one element of it that I don't consider often is whether the company <laughs> pays a lot of rent for example to use those mm. premises yes yeah. um so in a sense i can see why you might want people to go back to work like even one day a week seems mad for a company who presumably unless they own the building that they run from are paying to use it every day <laughs> Yeah, well, it's one. It's, so we're doing a, a rotating hot desk type thing. My team is in on Wednesdays. Other teams are in other days of the week, so they're getting used to it five days a week now. So it is it is being used. Yeah. Okay. Um. Otherwise, yeah, I had a bit of a busy day, not not week, but day on. Thursday, I want to say it was Thursday. So I took Thursday and Friday off this week because I worked the uh, St. Patrick's Day yes. bank holiday. So I, I took those two days in lieu, in lieu as I say. And I worked it, um, I took them off this week. And so we had a little day out on the Thursday. Um, we went and had a nice meal and a show. So the original plan was going to be Bunsen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm f- I'm fond of Bunsen. And then you know, the, I was I was watching videos on YouTube. Uh, oh, I think it was like a New York. Funny, we were talking about New York. New York, like steakhouse. 
and how they do the steaks, big thick steaks, and oh, we cook it like this, and we season it like this. And I was like, oh god, I'd love to go for a big, expensive fuck off steak, but I can't. But then I realized that actually, yes, I can do that. And so instead of Bunsen, we knocked Bunsen on the head. We booked ourselves in for FX Buckley, Ireland's premier steakery. Nice. And uh, went and had a ooh, 45 euro, euro steak. It was bloody good, let me tell you. Because they, they use a special, uh, special smoker to cook them. And it's nice mm. charred and smoke smoky flavor. I mean it would want to be. It would want to be for the <laughs> And it was I, I I put the picture on, on it the, did on look the incredible. I did some, it did I did some stories, which I never do. It was like two and a half inches thick. Yeah. Thing. It oh. looked it looked like a it looked like a, a quality piece of beef. It was. Uh we've been there only a handful of times, but I think this was probably my favorite since the first time we went. Where obviously the newness, the newness of it is, ah, my god, this steak is incredible. And then you have that expectation every other time you go. Mm. I think this was the best since then. Uh, but it was lovely. Had a good old meal, and then we went to a string quartet with all uh, candlelight string quartet. So it was in in a church in Dublin. Uh, loads of candles set up. And they played uh, music from the Studio Ghibli films, of which I am a fan. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very nice and very cool. They played for like an hour 15. Uh, but while we were waiting for the show, we had to kill some time because we, we were booked into FX Bookly at 4 p.m. and then the show was at 7. So we stuck it, we sh- uh, stuck in the middle of our little trip, uh, a little trip to the National Art Gallery Ooh, la, la. Of, uh, of Ireland. And we, we walked around for maybe 20 minutes just acting like complete tits, <laughs> Laugh, laughing at the knobs. Oh, look at this <laughs> little knob. Why did you have your Nobel? <laughs> He's done me there. <laughs> just Natty and a security guard having a laugh, but you know. It's yeah. just... <laughs> but we were not. We were not very mature at the art gallery. I have to admit, the two of us. Oh, where where are the titties at? I want to see some titties in this art gallery. Very silly. Uh, the art gallery is nice, well segmented. Good Although stuff, the segmented uh, Willie section over here, tit section over here. Go where wherever your preference is. <laughs> well, I wanted to go to the portrait section, but it was uh, closed for rehanging. Mm. <laughs> means <laughs> hang them when you're closed don't close a bit that's like when you go to disneyland and one of the rides is closed for wait a minute day. hang them when you're closed they're not like fucking builders who can work on a street in the middle of the night it's their nine to five job they're not going to come in at 4 a.m to rehang a picture oh, come on you can get anyone i'll rehang a picture i don't think that's a skill you need to be yeah that they grab any owl and prick off the street <laughs> yeah. to rehang the mona lisa <laughs> yeah yeah you fella begging for pennies there outside Tesco. I need you to rehang uh, this thing. The Louvre is looking for work. <laughs> One thing I do like about art galleries I'll, I'll always be a fan of is the, the wackily oversized paintings that are just 20 foot by 10 foot. Like, what do you need a painting that big for? <laughs> I think, well, I where are you going to put it apart from an art gallery? Well, yeah, if you, well, back in the day when you were uh, uh, some opulent, rich arsehole who lived in a gigantic castle, um, yeah. you know, you wanted to put it on one of your gigantic walls. <laughs> yeah. 
I do I do like a really big painting, I must say. And a sculpture with a little tiny knob. Either or. <laughs> uh, um, the show itself was really nice. Um, a good, healthy mix of Asian people and white nerds. Yeah. Um, of which I fall into the uh, latter category. Okay. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Interesting. I thought you were going to, you know. Yeah. Um, it was very nice. Yeah, they, they played all, you know, Spirited Away and Ponyo, House Moving Castle. Finished with the, the Totoro song from... Uh, is it My Neighbor Totoro? I've forgotten the name of the film. My um, Neighbor Totoro. Yes, yeah, it's quite famous. Okay, I'm getting confused now. Um, How did you finish. remember the monster's name but forget the fucking film's <laughs> the name? name? Of the movie. Because <laughs> there's another film called My uh, My Neighbor's the Yamadas. And so I was confused if I was misremembering that or if it was called... <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, really, really nice. Apparently, they, they, they do a lot of these um, candlelit shows in Dublin. Um, someone was saying to me that they had been to one recently where they did like the music of John Williams. And oh, very nice. Music of Hans Zimmer and the, the like. Uh, then I saw one advertised coming up, the music of Justin Bieber. Who wants to see a string quartet doing baby, Ooh. baby, baby? I got to that. Sounds good. That's a thing, apparently. They do these across the world. Um, the, they got these like secret venues and do little mm. can- candlelit setups and little string quartets. Mm. So it was really, really nice. Really... Um, a really unique experience. I've never been to a show like that, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Have you not? Have you ever been to? Um, you you went. And, you've seen Zelda music live, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. But that uh, was a full yeah. symphony. That's yeah. That's it. That's in a proper like venue. Venue, isn't it? That's that was like, in yeah. the convention center. In, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. You 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 never saw Final Fantasy. You, that wasn't you. No. No. You don't. You, you don't go to see some <laughs> square, square Square Enix thing where they do Kingdom Hearts music. And there, it's like, and now it's time for Goofy's love theme. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for uh, Woody off Toy Story meets uh, <laughs> Shady. <laughs> uh, and this is, of course, the beautiful number from when Nemo from Finding Nemo casts himself into the abyss to save the universe. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, now I've only yeah. sure I've only played Final Fantasy VII remake. That's the only it's like Square game I've ever played. Well, Hitman. Well, Hitman won when it was, but that wasn't oh. developed by Square. Yeah, yeah, like, I know, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. The semantics of what I'm Square being, I'm being, is. I'm being, I'm being awkward, but yeah, I never played none of them Final Fantasy games back in the day. Yeah, imagine what way, way to turn for someone to do a move. Just fight, lads. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for? But yeah, that was my week. It was very, very nice. And then I watched some football, and that was less nice. <laughs> It was like oh, the worst. Yeah. It was like the worst ever. <laughs> the worst ever. The worst ever. Ton. Um. So Everton beat United one nil. It in in the most flaccid performance you will ever see outside of an art gallery. Um. Just complete nothing. Nothing to them. Everton scored a, a deflected goal. And then United just said, ah, sure, look. Guess we lose then. And then just made no effort to win the game. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, City-Liverpool was fun today. That was, a, that was a good game. So City 
should have had enough to win it, but they just couldn't uh, hold on to their lead. And I think that's all the footy I watched this weekend. Do you watch the Everton game, Joe, at least? Uh, no. Uh, no. Smart man. I wouldn't, no. Wouldn't, wouldn't bother with that sort of thing. Um, I'm just waiting for next season now. So. <laughs> You're a smarter man than I. Lost, lost interest in this. It's a dead uh, season. For, for, oh. From a United perspective, it's a dead season. I just watch uh, the Champions League, because that's good. But Premier League, I don't even... Uh, I guess. Oh, well, I watched this the um, City-Atletico match, and I thought it was so boring. Yes, yes, that was devastatingly boring. <laughs> so I don't know. I, th- anyway. I, just, I don't like football now, uh, to be honest. I feel like... Um, <laughs> I feel like at some point in like 1986, uh, a Manchester United fan found like a monkey's paw and said, Uh, I want us to dominate uh, football for the next 25 years. And the monkey's paw said, your wish has been granted. Uh, And then as soon as it was over, Manchester Manchester City and Liverpool become the two best teams in the world. And wish complete shit. And England get to the final of the Euros and don't win it. Uh, well, that would been all right. That was the number two. I'd have taken. <laughs> I'd have taken getting to a final. I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. So that was all right. Um, yeah. Maybe it's time for us to just go back and be be the kind of people who only watch football when there's a World Cup on. Yes, preferably. That would be good. Uh, kind of like only watching WrestleMania. It's probably a sensible, sensible thing to do. Um, I had a nice weekend. It's been, actually, finally the, the sun came out. So I was like, right, ooh, let's get it on. Um, let's get out of here. Let's get out and about into town. Um, it also happened to be uh, Townie Mum's uh, 60th birthday. Oh, um, wow. It's actually tomorrow. Um, so it's a big one. Happy birthday. Happy yeah, birthday, Townie Mum. Uh, not that she listens. Uh, anyway. um, she just skips so- to the Rampage review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's she's more of a sort of GCW fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we went out yesterday, went up to London's Oxford Street to buy her a, a cake, which is very nice. We got one of those rainbow cakes. Got all the colours in it, all the rainbow colours inside, icing on the outside. Happy birthday written on the top. Perfect, all you need. Uh, so we got one of them, had a nice walk around London, uh, carrying the cake, though, which was a bit unfortunate because we walked quite <laughs> quite far carrying this heavy cake. But anyway, it was nice. Uh, and then we sat at a train station and heard an announcement that due to trespassers uh, on the tracks in South London, there were no trains going in or out of London for the foreseeable future. Great. And when they say that, it's like the foreseeable future. Six months? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, could be, it could be an hour, it could be six months. So we, we went to another another station that was running, so managed to get home, so... That wasn't too bad. We got we went out early, so we still managed to get home at a decent time. It wasn't too bad, so that was a lot of fun. Had some really nice food. We had some Cajun uh, style chicken at a food market that was very very tasty, uh, and some Cajun Cajun fries with it as well, which was absolutely delicious. Uh, so that was good. And then today we went round to my grandparents um, with my mum and had a bit of cake, a bit of prosecco, lovely, Ooh. and watched Paddington. Ah, well, I mean, what more do you need? Uh, which, yeah, my grandparents hadn't seen. And they were like, what is this? What is, what is, what is this? The bears? Like, what? Get that jacket off that bear immediately. That's, 
Uh, my grandma's watch, which they had no idea what it was. They never heard of it or seen it. But when it <laughs> Did came they heard on, of Paddington Bear? What? Well, they honestly heard of Paddington, but not the, oh, okay. not the movie. It's not these kind of recent movies. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so my easy. friend's watching it going, is that a boy? <laughs> she goes, I think that's a boy in a bear suit. I'm like, mm. trying, to ex- trying to explain the concept of like motion capture and CGI, CGI. to an 89-year-old. <laughs> it's a cartoon, Gran. He's a, it's a cartoon bear. No, not man. No, anyway. And once, once they got into like the physical humor and he's brushing his ears with two toothbrushes and sticking his head down the loo. I mean, you don't really have to understand <laughs> motion capture to, to get that really. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's enjoying it. Oh, um, so yeah, so we enjoyed that. So it was very good. Um, I yeah. like this running feature of animated films you watch at your mom's every week. We Shrek last week. Shrek last week. Paddington <laughs> um, this week. We'll see what comes up next I week. I wish your grand was there for Shrek. I think that might be too much for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cheek, the cheek coming out of this donkey. Let it's me a, tell you, it's a boy in a donkey suit, isn't it? I think. Oh um, God. So it was yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and then back to work, and then oh, thank God, it's a short week next week. We got the old uh, Good Friday. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Cheers, pal. Thank you, literally, yeah. Jesus. Why don't we get that off? I really don't understand. We're the effing Catholics. Why don't we get Good Friday off? It's weird that America and Ireland don't have that. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the origins of 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 that not being a bank holiday um, are. I think in Latin America they take the Thursday off as well. Oh, is it to do with which He's day he was put in the cave and all that rubbish? You know, <laughs> time zone difference. <laughs> yeah, they, they also they they also um only until very recently, like in the last two or three years, uh, they lifted a law where in Ireland you couldn't drink on Good Friday as well. Mm. Um, so I guess maybe maybe it's like I like you must to celebrate um himself coming back. You have to. Go to work and then not drink afterwards. You have to have the worst day of your life um, <laughs> to be thankful that he came back to allow you to have it. You know, and no meat for dinner as well. No meat, yes, fish, uh, fish, and no, you know, cider. Um, just outrageous. But yeah, uh, well done to him um, for that. <laughs> the Terry Funk comeback. Yeah, come back in the year. How have we never given him come back in the year? Oh dear. Anyway. Uh, that was life guff for us there, Paul. What's the what are the tunes coming through the speakers this week? Yeah, another another new album release, another big one. Uh, Jack White's got a new album out, mm. Fear of the Dawn. Uh, and I I don't have any t shirts to um, show off my fondness for for Jack White, but I I've been a big White Stripes guy since ooh two thousand and four, I think when. Um, Elephant came out. White blood cells, I, I quite enjoy as well. That 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 trilogy of white blood cells, elephant, and get behind me, Satan. I really, really like. And I like the Icky Thump, which came out afterwards. But I've always been a big White Stripes guy, and to an extent, I've liked Jack White's other side projects, Raconteurs. I've enjoyed, and I've enjoyed some of his solo stuff. Um, so I think fr- from, <laughs> you know. All across the spectrum, I, I, I would consider myself a fan of Jack White. However, <laughs> uh, gave this album the old two playthroughs mm. as you, when, when reviewing this kind of thing. Um, as 
Bob Holly might say, I thought the whole thing sucked. <laughs> that famous and, Bob Holly. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't look at me that way. I'll break, break your ass in half, Michael, you shithead. Very <laughs> um, <laughs> classless remark there. Oh, we apologize. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, the best thing that ever happened to Jack White, in my opinion, is that Meg White was like the most simple, straightforward drummer in the world because mm-hmm. it allowed him to just put these simple yet effective uh, riffs and choruses and hooks into the songs. And the songs never felt overly complicated. We think of like Seven Nation Army, their all time biggest hit, right? Mm-hmm. You think of the the intro, dun, 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 dun. and then oh, when that the drums, the intro song, yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. one. And then when <laughs> <laughs> best known for the WrestleMania thirty eight appearance, um, and when the drums come in, it's just boom, 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 boom. You know, yeah. it's it's so simple, but that's that's kind of what works about it. It's it's in its in its simplicity, it's it's so effective. Here he's fucking on a keyboard, and the guitar tone is fucking horrible. Which, to be fair. <laughs> It has been for many years, but it's kind of worked when the songs were, were more simple. But it's just like, and all of these things are happening at once. All these ideas happen at once. And it's just like such a mess. Um, I was really, really disappointed in it. Uh, there's like uh, features with like rappers on it. Mm. Um, there's, uh, I don't know. In the two listens, listen throughs I had, or listens through, I'm not sure which nomenclature. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is my brain. I, it's not now. Um, I only marked two two songs as liked: the first one and the last one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, big disappointment. This one, I uh, didn't didn't like it at all. There's no catchy tracks on it. It's it's pretty poor. Um, happily, I did listen to another of the Beatles albums in my never-ending quest to listen to their entire uh, run-through or their entire discography. Um, Rubber Soul, which I think we can categorically say is the point at which the Beatles become the Beatles. Uh, Side A of that album in particular is really great. Uh, I say Side A because, you know, back in that day, albums were were less a single entity and more a Side A and a Side B when it was Mm -hmm. all on vinyls. So... The first half is very strong. I think the second half is not as strong. Particularly, there's like a country-themed song on it, which I think Ringo sings. I think it's the token Ringo song on it. Is, <laughs> uh, is not great. But uh, the first half of it with... Um, let me bring it up here. Rupert Soul. Uh, with uh, Michelle. Um, is it Michelle? The name is Mich- Michelle Mabel. That's what I'm thinking of. But is it called I, was, I think it's... Yeah, it might just be Michelle. It is Michelle. Uh probably the best song on the album that's not sucking up to uh to your wife but i think that's probably the best song on the uh on the entire album um very french influenced and that's not again mm. because in michelle there is literally lyrics that are in french but throughout i think uh, you could say about um girl as well there's some uh french instrumentation on there some very french sounding oh, yeah. uh, songwriting but uh yeah i i i think like Side one, you have Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood, You Won't See Me, Nowhere Man, Think For Yourself, The Word, Michelle. I think those seven in a row are really strong. Mm. Uh, Side B, less so. Yeah, it is, in fact, what goes on is, in fact, the song written by uh, 
Ringo Starr as well as Lennon and McCartney, apparently. But it's the one that Ringo had influence on. No good. Um, <laughs> and then, then it just kind of, you know, slowly runs out of steam. It has one or two good tracks in there, In My Life, for example. But um, there are places. Side A. Very I only know the ones that were in uh, the film yesterday. But uh, yeah, like I say, this is this is where the Beatles become the Beatles. So I'm very happy with that. That's that's my favorite Beatles album, the soundtrack to Yesterday. <laughs> there are places I remember. Actually, it's going to sound funny. I actually prefer some of those versions to the originals. Oh, to the film yesterday. Yeah, the film yesterday. Um, okay. Some of his covers are actually. I think his voice is better than Paul McCartney. In all honesty. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, is certainly, that, is, Ring- that bad? is Paul McCartney. Well, I don't know. As you recall from Get Back, Paul McCartney loves a uh, I'm such a good singer, scooby doo. Um, no, I mean, if you prefer that, you prefer that. It's your preference. There's no right or no wrong. Um, the only thing that's right is that Beatles album. The only thing that's wrong is that Jack White album, because that fucking stank. <laughs> uh, Joe, I think it's fair to say that your recommendations on this show do not fall on deaf ears because since um friday when natty was away natty was away at a hen night for the uh, weekend yeah so i signed myself up to a little free trial of apple tv plus tv plus and i watched all nine episodes wow of severance 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 uh Starring little Adam Scott and his mates. Uh, have you, before we start talking about it, have you finished the season? Yes, season has been completed. So let me give you my thoughts. Um, I don't want to run down what the show is because I know you've mm-hmm. already you've already done that. So listeners will have already <laughs> received the cliff notes and what Severance is about. Um, what I say is, I thought it was very good. I thought it was maybe a hair off top tier stuff. Okay, I would say and that's not a criticism of the show itself because mm. you don't you don't be watching a show and being too in your head about what yeah. numerical value do I associate to this show? I thought it was sure. very very good. Sure, <laughs> simply put, okay, without splitting hairs, there was just elements of it that I thought maybe could have been slightly better. Um, one thing I thought throughout, maybe more so in the early stages, was I wonder what the show would be like if it had someone else in the lead role than Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Not that I think that Adam Scott was bad in it, because I certainly don't. But I just someone who had a bit more dramatic chops, if that makes any sense. Someone who had a bit more range. Yeah. yeah. Same for the uh, is it Zach Cherry, the actor's name. Uh, yeah. Um, same. I felt like some of the comedy that came his way, I, I wasn't sure if I, I was totally on board with his uh, delivery of it. But I think he also, I thought he was generally very good. So this isn't that they were like, I didn't like these performances. They should have been someone else. No, I was just, just when you're, when you're watching, you're thinking, oh, this could be just like mm, a little hair better. Yeah. Maybe. If, um, Totoro for me, star of the show. Hmm. Loved him, loved his uh, little storyline throughout. That that was for me the best stuff. I loved whenever he was on screen. Yeah. He was going through stuff. 
Um, what else to say? Um, yeah, I thought the story was very strong. The concept of it is obviously very strong. Uh, episode to episode, I felt it was a lot of forward momentum. It kept you wondering about the, the core mystery. Mm. Uh, I think as a as an opening season, I think it had a good balance as well of giving you answers, but also withholding some things for for season two. Yeah. Um, and I guess the only other criticism at all I would have of it is that I felt like it was at its funniest when it wasn't trying to be funny. And when it did try to be funny, I felt like it was very hit miss. Again, specifically the Zach Cherry character. Yeah. Um, there's some bits where he's, it, it's outwardly, uh, he's like very um, distrustful of people from, you know, other yeah, departments uh, uh, in yeah, the building yeah. and so on. And I don't know, sometimes I felt like that was played for laughs and didn't really work. And the stuff that did work is kind of when it would play on the mundanity of office life and you'd have mm. like the, uh, Almost the way that the 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 company is is almost like a religion, yeah. And would play into that in little like ironic ways or little there'd be little lines that weren't played for laughs. They were like played seriously, but that I found very funny. Mm. So that that felt like a weird <laughs> imbalance, I guess. Um, but no, I thought I thought overall, I thought it was really really good. Particularly the finale, I thought was really well done. Which is, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, and it, yeah. Weirdly, it was um, sometimes you often get like a feature length episode as a finale, but this this one was actually shorter than most of the yeah. seasons, which was a nice change of pace because it was like it was it was very much a kind of I don't know if it was quite in real time. Well, it was yeah, it was almost in real time uh, yeah. the whole thing, um, and very almost like an episode of Twenty Four <laughs> in the kind of <laughs> yes. in, in the plot as well. I mean, no terrorists involved, but. <laughs> other, other than that you know what i mean quite very tense and there's a kind of ticking clock element yeah to it. There, yeah there, there is a reason within the context of the show why the finale isn't an hour and a half long yeah without spoiling anything yeah that um, was very good i do as you kind of mentioned that his sort of interactions with the other departments in the show i think that was the one bit maybe i didn't like as much because it almost opens up the world a little bit too much if you know what i mean having them interact with if it had been focused just on their team and there had been glimpses of other people in the building mm. that would have been more interesting but they do talk not to spoil it too much barry hasn't seen it yet but they they do interact end up interacting with a lot of sort of other characters within the, the building yeah um, and i feel like i, I, I think there's there's not too much of that though i think they they just gave you enough too, too much for me. a little bit too much just turn it down um, just a little bit a little bit but i like yeah other than that, I, I agree. I don't. I don't say it's a particularly kind of f- funny show. I mean, it's very, very dry. Overall. It's like darkly, comedic. yeah, dramatic yeah. and comedy. It's very kind of dry. I think um, Heli Heli no, Heliel Helios Heli. What's her surname? Uh, R. I think it is Heli R. Heli R. Yeah, she's she's really really good. She's kind of the heart of the show, uh, certainly yeah. at the beginning, and then everyone else like Adam's got yeah, a very deadpan very kind of dry sort of playing off her then that does mean when you see the outside uh the sort of home home life stuff it's a little bit underplayed because they were quite dry characters mm. yeah. yeah and it's weird because as you say within the confines of the office she is almost the lead character mm-hmm. um but when when it goes to outside it's, it's obviously told from the perspective of adam scott's character yeah and you know eventually we find out maybe 
why the focus is is on his character rather than any other character. Yeah. But um uh yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of influences it wears on its sleeve that I thought were really interesting. And not to not to um specifically recommend it to Barry here, but I I thought there was a lot of control to mm. it. I've kind of I've gotten that vibe from the conversation around it. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Parable as well, which is a, uh, a game I've been waiting for the <laughs> deluxe edition to come out now for about three years. It's coming out in two weeks, so I'm going to give that a little spin. Um, elements of, I guess, The Office, kind of. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very good. Very, very good. If, like I said, the slightest hair off being S tier, I would say it's maybe A tier more so. And 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 I, that's kind of you know the intangible thing of I was watching the finale and I was mm. engaged in it and I was oh I can't wait to see where this goes. At the same time, my heart wasn't pounding watching it, you know. So yeah, maybe there was that just intangible thing that I wasn't a hundred percent connected to it. Um, and actually, I I I the thing that I find the most interesting about it is presumably in season two we'll get a chance to to go a little bit deeper into the building and the other departments that are at play there. Cause that's what I, that's, that's what I find the most, the most interesting element of it is like, what is this company? What is, what are the departments doing in here? Who, what other people are hiding in there? And mm. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good. Nice. That's all I watched. I didn't have time to do anything else this week. I watched <laughs> on, on Friday. I watched four episodes and then on Saturday I watched four episodes. And then t- this morning I watched the finale. I gotta just as everyone's getting off it, I gotta finally get on the Severance uh, bandwagon. I think, yeah, it's very good. Nice. Um, we also started watching uh, season five of This Is Us, um, which is a show I've been watching for a while. But I don't tend to review it week to week because we're kind of just plowing our way through it, and it's also not a show that's been around for a while. But we finally we got to season five, and this was the twenty twenty season. And the first episode starts with them going, talking about Tom Hanks getting COVID. And they're like, huh, well, Tom Hanks got it. It must be important now. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And because this is not a show that sort of acknowledges real life events, like it's set in its own universe up until season five, when suddenly they start talking about COVID and. Uh, kind of other other real life events like the race riots in 2020 and, and things like that and it's like oh god and it's all like references to the hand gel and to masks and to tests and it's like I don't need to be reminded why do, why do, why do shows have to do that <laughs> just yeah. pretend it didn't happen just for, fuck the pandemic move yeah. beyond it we don't need to hear about it like it's so annoying but um, hopefully they've got to move beyond it uh, in a few episodes in, but I hope the whole season is not like this. Cause I, I do not, I do not want to watch that, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I think there's one more season to go after this one. So I think it's about time they sort of wrapped it up. It's uh, one of those shows as well. I think, I think I explained the concept where they kind of, they flash back quite a lot and they flash forward as well to kind of see what happens to this, this family that's at the center of it. But it's gotten to the point where there are so many different, like, points within the timeline that they're flashing back to and flashing forward to that it's like multiverse of madness levels of like who is this person what what age are they like you have no idea what's going on so yeah about time they kind of wrapped it up but yeah that's what we've been uh we're watching all righty 
we will jump on to Le Movie Guff uh, uh, next. Um, I watched on the old Disney Plus um, The French Dispatch, which is the new uh, uh, or newest Wes Anderson movie. Uh, and I kind of realized as I was watching it, I was like, I don't think I have ever watched a Wes Anderson movie. Um, wow, which is quite the the revelation. Uh, and well, it was a good, it was a certainly a, a a good foot forward because I I quite enjoyed um, uh, the French Dispatch quite a bit. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's kind of as you would know, even not having watched his movies going in, just from kind of uh, you know seeing bits and pieces and all that. Uh, I mean, it, it's just like every frame just like looks gorgeous. You know, mm. it's like it's almost like it's almost like crazy to look at. Like you were like, how did this movie get made in a reasonable time frame? The way everything is just like like to the to the quarter of an inch perfect. It's just so finely crafted but then in a way doesn't like doesn't feel robotic either like it still moves very naturally all the performances are very good which i mean it helps now that at this stage of his career he gets every a-list actor under the sun uh wants to work with Wes anderson so he's everyone from like elizabeth moss to 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 willem dafoe to to um uh you know anyone else you could really think of um, uh, is is in this Timothy Chalamet, uh, Francis McDormand, uh, um, who's the fucking guy from Ghostbusters? It's the ship. Bill Murray. My God, I couldn't think of that. I, that one was tripping me up. Uh, yeah, so it's really uh, looks phenomenal. It's quite funny. It's quite charming. Um, it's it's a, it's so it's obviously it's a, a an anthology movie that's kind of got this overall. Uh, 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 newspaper kind of uh, editor's room kind of framing device to tell these three unique stories. Uh, and um, uh, it, it moves quite briskly as a result. I don't feel like any section of the film kind of outstays its, its welcome. And there's kind of a through line of, um, uh, uh, fittingly for a movie that looks this good, there's kind of a through line of just like, you know, make your art for art's sake and, 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 and all this other stuff. Um, uh, be passionate about things. It's a very kind of, it, it's bittersweet, but it's also, it's a, it's a little bit of a kind of an uplifting, I think, film in, in, in a weird way. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I, I, I don't have too much negative to say about it. I didn't love the middle um, uh, uh, segment. Okay. I, I think I've now seen enough that I'm willing to just say, I don't really have that much admiration for Timothy Chalamet. I, I don't really get it. I mean, listen, that is a that is a frankly tremendous jawline. Well done, lads. I mean, it's great. But I don't, I haven't, I'm not taken with him in basically anything I've seen him in. Um, I, I So yeah, that's, I, I'm still waiting to see that killer, you know, Chalamet performance. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as Anderson go, uh, films go, I don't know the French Dispatch is one that I would recommend someone start with necessarily. Mm. I'm happy you enjoyed it, but I think it's one you go to when you you kind of have seen a couple of them and you you right. you, you get it. Mm. Um, I think Grand Budapest Hotel would be your next stop. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the kind of universally liked one. Um, what else? Life Aquatic. Yeah, Royal, Ten- Royal Tenenbaums, obviously. Uh, my favorite one. Look at this fucking B-roll. My favorite one is actually the Darjeeling Limited, which mm. I have here on DVD. Uh, but again, not one that I would necessarily start with. 
Uh, and then obviously the animated ones, Life of Dogs, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Also yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it, 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 it's tickled my fancy, certainly. Uh, most of them yeah. are up on Disney anyway because they were, you know, the vast majority of them were like distributed by I think Fox. Grand Budapest oh. is up there, and that's a very easy watch. Mm. Also features a lot of the same actors. Bill Murray has actually been in every Wes Anderson yeah. film since the first one. Yeah, I know. That's the, he, they're like, that's, yeah. They're, that's they're the, like that's the gimmick. Yeah, that's the gimmick. Um, um, yeah. So uh, I also watched uh, Pig, uh, one of the kind of standout indie films from last year, uh, uh, Nicolas Cage joint. Uh, and uh, Pig is quite great. Uh, it's it's really fantastic. It it's a very sort of somber, thoughtful movie, um, kind of about just kind of like really core like values of uh, the, uh, to have as a person and kind of relationships over materialism and things like that. It's very for a movie that it isn't really overtly pretentious i think most people might watch it and take something from it it's it's really quite dense i only watched it earlier this afternoon but i've been thinking about it quite a lot since it finished it's got a lot going on uh so for anyone who isn't familiar with it it's basically nicholas cage pay, uh, plays this sort of reclusive guy who lives in the woods with a little truffle pig big uh, uh hunts around the woods for truffles which he either makes into dishes or sells to people it, the film kind of the, the it's set in sort of modern day Oregon, but the film kind of has this you know slightly exaggerated from reality, but not even not even that exaggerated thing where the popular thing among the elites is to eat absurdly delicious and rare foods. It's like the ultimate sign of bouginess. It's kind of like a more self serious version of going to Salt Bay's restaurant. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And paying five grand for some monstrosity. Do you know what I mean? But like again, more self serious than that right and uh, and so basically uh, early in the film uh, the nicholas cage uh, his pig who is also his closest compatriot is stolen and he goes on like sort of a, a a quest to get it back and as the film progresses we learn a little bit more about cage's uh, uh, ties to this industry and why he left and things like that and it's really 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 um uh, 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 fascinating is is a word probably overused a lot in films, but I think it's genuinely really great because it is kind of the the the, the key scene where everything kind of comes together, and I think it's it, it's pretty compelling from early on. But there's a there's a there's the scene in the restaurant, Paul, which I'm sure you know exactly which one I'm I'm talking about, I where do. it, it kind of lays bare what it's about, and it's so so fantastic, um, uh, and it's just it's it's kind of got the 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 restaurant you know food industry is, is the theme they've gone for but it could be applied to like any craft or passion you have in the world lots of themes about just no matter how talented you are how much you love an art you know the money people will make it as soul soulless and commodified as it could possibly be you know uh, uh, and things like that and to to value you know real world relationships over things and things like that. The funny thing is now nowadays when I watch any movie like this or any TV show or read any book, my main thought is this is this is actually about crypto, this movie. This movie is about how <laughs> how how capitalism has advanced so much that now we have the most needless consumerism of all time now exists. Uh, it's not actually about that, but it could certainly be applied to that. Uh, because the way they frame that kind of the sort of ludicrous industry of 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 bougie to the nth degree foods, you know. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's one of, I mean, 
Cage has his his hits and his whiffs. I mean, I kind of love this stage of his career because he has both. He's not in his his uh, indie film golden age. He 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 plops out a turd every now and then. Um, but you know, right material, right director, you get something like Pig, and he absolutely smashes it. And you're like, he is great. He is legitimately great. Uh, you know, this is up there for me with um, Color Out of Space, which I also loved uh, uh, with him. Completely different film, obviously, but really good. Uh, yeah, first time, first time film from the director as well, which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, but yeah, uh, thumbs up on Pig if you've not yet seen that. One of the better films of last year. Um, and then finally, I watched uh, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 which is a DC animated movie uh, adaption of the comic book of the same name. The one of the most like famous and influential comics ever by Frank Miller. This is kind of the one that's widely accredited as kind of it's from the mid mid eighties. It's kind of credited with shaping what, you know, Batman as today, which is the sort of quite dark and brooding, uh, uh, um, you know, controversial figure in Gotham that, some people hate because he's like a fascist and some people love him and he fights all the corruption and, and portraying Gotham as the most disgusting crime ridden town in the world. It's, it's not that he invented it, but this is kind of the book that, 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 you know, is best regarded that it's reviewed as one of the best comics ever. I read the comic uh, for the first time uh, about two weeks ago. It's, it's a little overbearing. It's kind of like Frank Miller at his most Frank Miller E. It's like insanely intense and miserable and just joyless. And even as someone, I think I even mentioned this when we were talking about the Batman with Pattinson, even as yeah. someone who likes that genre of Batman, it's, it's laid on so thick um, that, that it's a little bit unbearable. And, you know, I, I don't think it quite met the hype for me, but again, it, it's one of those books you buy it in Easton's and the back page is destroyed in amazing reviews. Do you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like impossible to really live up to it. Animated film is is pretty good. Um, uh, I've watched quite a few of these because DC cranks these things out. Um, they've adapted most of the most acclaimed Batman stories. Killing Joke, this one, uh, Year One, Hush, Under the Red Hood, and countless other ones you couldn't even name. Uh, every famous Batman arc has been made into an animated film. Um, and the one kind of common through line I, I have found in them is that they, they really rigidly stick to the comic book plot and most of the imagery as well. And so this is a comic book from the 1980s. And I feel like I know it would probably be like sacrilege to some fans. I feel like it needed a little bit of a, a, a modernizing and a little bit of a, cause there's um, one of the framing devices of the comic. And this is something I really, really liked from the comic is it's constantly framed with like cable news coverage of the story's events. Like I would say like a third of the book is, is, uh, newscasters reading about uh, about the events you just read about uh debates about whether or not people should support batman and things like that they translate that over to the the film and i just feel like it, it those scenes are very flat and boring in a when you watch it as part of a film whereas it, it comes off more natural on a page it just it was one of those things but again it's such a crucial aspect of this incredibly highly regarded comic that they're like well we have to have it we have to have a third of this film be uh, fake news reports about a scene you just watched. Um, it's so it's 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 an okay film. Uh, 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 it's it's only it's like less than ninety minutes. Uh, like I said it's part one, so basically they, they split the comic into two parts. It's quite um, um, it's quite uh, a lot to unpack. The story of the comic, if anyone isn't familiar with it, is basically Batman retires, and then you flash forward ten years, and he's doing his kind of 
sort of grumpy old man who now has nothing left to do in his life and so decides to to put it back on and go back roughing up people on the streets to to feel alive again uh, because Gotham has descended into absolute chaos. Uh, and in the comic book, there is also all this other stuff where the government are like nudging Superman and they're like, you getting a load of this fucking guy? What's this? Like we need, you know, we, and it's actually like Ronald Reagan in the comic. It's, it's the irrelevant president of the time. And there's a, as there is in every comic book from the eighties, there's a cold war element in the comic book. Um, all that stuff is completely relegated. I'm assuming to part two. I haven't watched part two yet. Um, chronologically, it's not all relegated to the second half in the book, but I'm assuming for uh, flow of the story or something as a film, it's it's not the Superman is not referenced or, or n- none of the the sort of broader political stuff is referenced in the first half of the film. So yeah, um, that is Dark Knight Rises part. Uh, sorry, Dark Knight Returns part one. Uh, I will check out that second half probably in time for next week's show. Uh, Peter Weller is the voice of Batman in this one. He does a solid job. It's kind of a older, coarser, less charming uh, voice performance than Kevin Conroy, uh, which is story relevant. They're very deliberately going for that, but I, I also just felt like it was less good as well on a, on a really basic level. I mean, it's just so he's done so much now. It's just really hard to have any kind of animated Batman that's not that voice. It is so iconic. Uh, but you know, Weller did a fine job, but it's just not 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 quite to the level of Conroy. But um, yeah, I'll try and I'll try and squeeze that second half in uh, uh, for for next week. But that's all I saw this week. Cool. And I watched War Games with Matthew Broderick. A uh, little bit of eighties uh, slacker hacker. Uh, okay. where the essentially they decide that a machine should be in charge of the nuclear missiles. This is during the Cold War when okay. US and Russia are you know, ready to blow shit up. Um, so kind of similar to how we, where we find ourselves now. Um, and so Matthew Broderick accidentally, he's fucking around to impress a girl, only bloody accidentally hacks into the nuclear you know facility. And sets off a program that is going to try and bring about nuclear war. Um, so it's a very kind of silly premise, uh, but a very fun film. A very of its time with the whole kind of nuclear threat. And mm-hmm. ends with a, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the film, kind of ends with a game of tic-tac-toe, which, uh, or noughts and crosses, as we might call it. But um, Oh, a, li- a literal one. Yeah, yeah, a literal game of that, which is makes sense in context, but very kind of silly, silly ending. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. One of kind of one of those kind of eighties movies. I put it in the same bracket as like a Back to the Future, where it's that kind of character who's a kind of cool, but also a bit of a geek, bit of a slacker uh, who gets the girl and who kind of saves the day and that kind of thing. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm just looking at the cast list here for War Games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you beat me to it. An actor called Barry Corbin on it. Mm. Oh, his his debut role before sports entertainment came calling. Yeah. And Barry Corbin is going to be in a movie with no uh, release date as of yet. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. It's the new Scorsese one. Oh, oh his okay. Car- his character is called Undertaker. <laughs> a lot of wrestling war games uh links here 
That, that I don't know anything about that Scorsese movie, but based on the title, that sounds like one of his. I'm going to make one of my weird movies now that, <laughs> that half of the people will hate, but I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> um, let, let me see who's who else. It's is got DiCaprio it. in it. No, is this yeah. one Jesse Jesse Plemons is like the main guy. Plemons seems like a real Scorsese actor. Plemons, he... DiCaprio, De Niro. Okay, the lads. The lads, the boys. Barry Corbin, of course. Of course Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Brendan Fraser is going to be a John. Yes. Yeah. A little bit of a comeback on the at the moment for Mr. BF. Fair play to Yeah, and we all we all love BF on this show. We all love Absolutely. Fraser. I keep I I I haven't I got it delivered ages ago. I haven't watched Doom Patrol yet, which was kind of the first the first big splash back he had, even though he's yeah. like, I think he's just a voiceover in it. He's like a, some weird robot man in it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that all the movies? Yeah, I ha- I didn't watch any, but I, I do have one already in the can that I'm going to watch this week. I was interested in watching it anyway. But now that there's a new half in the bag out, I'm my hand's been pushed. I'm going to watch Roland Emmerich's 2022 opus Moonfall. Ah, yes. When the moon falls. (laughs) When the moon falls. Uh, (laughs) I have it legally downloaded, so I'll let you know. uh, One of the one of the most bizarre trailer viewing experiences (laughs) I've ever had. I feel like they still haven't put it online because I went searching for it. It was it before Spider Man, and they had a version of that trailer with Bad Moon Rising. Uh, playing no not just bad movie a slowed down scary version um yeah it looked absolutely terrible um i will let you know next week we'll we'll get we'll get paul's verdict on that next my moonfall review Uh, i may i may check that out myself also i'm sorry everyone i it's just every time i called the box office asking for a ticket to to see dr michael morbius it's sold out they're like brother we don't have any we can put you on the waiting list maybe you can see it in june um, um, but I have not yet seen. The, the, I mean, this the, is this is the world we live in now, where I would rather watch Moonfall than yeah, yeah. Is it that you can't go to see it, or you're just too shaken and kind of terrified at the prospects of how crazy that film is? Well, it's just kind of like I mean, wait, a, wait a second. This is this is this is you're telling me this is a Marvel picture, but he's not just another hero. This guy is like dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't release this then, if that's the yeah. case. Yeah. I have watched I have watched the post credit scene because it's leaked all over the place. It it, it makes a, a, a comical amount of no sense. Uh but I'll wait I'll wait till I watch the whole film before I come on here and talk about it. Also uh, that that sh- that shit in the shoebox that Jared Leto sent you, that wasn't him, that was Morbius that sent it. Oh yeah, Morbius sent you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a fucking knob he is. Yeah, why don't you why don't you send us a reel of a good film? <laughs> why don't you send, <laughs> why don't you send a good performance into our eyes? Someone someone cast Jared Leto as a normal man for a while. Um, oh, he'd have to do some real method acting for that. And he's just like, oh my god, Jared, he got up and he got he drank a cup of stinking coffee because he don't talk to him before he has that. Like that would just be a nice break <laughs> from all this other shit. I assume we all read the story of him hobbling offset to have a piss in character as Morbius, and everyone was like, fucking hurry up, prick. <laughs> Someone push him down the stairs. Uh, just get over here now. <laughs> Hang on. I mean, that's really not allowed. <laughs> oh, it's not, but that doesn't stop him. Um, 
anyway, we'll jump into <laughs> we'll jump into. Uh, I don't know if I can leave that in. I don't know if I can leave. That no, in. take it out. It's fine. You can take it out. It's take it out. Um, probably for the best. Probably for the best. That's, that's the worst thing I've heard since I accidentally. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think it's probably a pretty good rule to say, look, we'll take out any just for our own legal safety. Oh, that's a good rule. We're all allowed one. Uh, yeah, actually, there's okay. probably been way more than one each on this in the history of the show. Anyway, <laughs> video games. Video game guff this week. Uh, kind of more the same for me. Uh, mm. You know, Elden Ring, of course, shipping away at that. Simpsons Hit and Run, of course, both streaming both. Played a little bit more Tunic this week. Um, and Tunic, uh, I, I was enjoying it early on, and then I was kind of like... What is the hubbub about this? I didn't quite get it. And now I, I put a few more hours in this weekend and I it, it's really starting to click with me now because it, it's it really is really thick with secrets and little alcoves that are so easily missable and and uh um you know tons of stuff like that. Like it's it is kind of like that Zelda style experience boiled back to its most basic core, which is there is a sense of general discovery uh, about the world as you explore it. Um, uh, And I just love doing things like finding the dark cave that you can't go to until you get the lantern and then just winging it anyway and seeing how far can I get in here before I (laughs) die and not getting very far at all. Um, And then, uh, you know, making your way back with it there's actually speaking of the light source there's a really great example of how of how rich with secrets it is to get the 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 light source you like you're navigating through these caves and you go through a door and the room you're in is completely dark except for the light source of the door you just came in and the light source of the next door so you walk in a straight line i was like oh my god is an enemy gonna attack me nothing attacks you it's basically just the room is dark but you can see the door you walk over you get your lamp proper little zelda moment you get the light and then when you go back into the dark room there's a whole separate door in the room that you miss otherwise that doesn't have a light source in it that you can go in i can't even remember what's in there i think it's just like a chest with some money in it but again it's it immediately illustrates you it's like ah, you have the light source now you can you can you'll find things you, you didn't miss it's just it's it's it's, I think I mentioned this about the sword last week as well. It's 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 like everything you get changes the way you play the game in a really satisfying way. Um, yeah, so no, thoroughly enjoying that. Thoroughly enjoying that. That is a Game Pass game. Yeah, I'm still really enjoying Chilic. I haven't had a chance to put as much hours into it as I as I was hoping because I've been watching Severance. But I am. Um, I'm sure I'm not as far as you are. Mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through. Is it the Forest Fortress? It's called. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm further than you. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm not. Well, yeah, yeah. I think maybe you might be. Actually, have you have you rung the two bells? I've rung the two bells. Okay, so I I just rang the second one, and I okay. kind of I'm actually not sure where I'm supposed to go yet. So I was pottering around, farming money to buy items. Okay. Uh, I, well, I think I think I'm I'm literally in the next next area. Okay. I'm a step ahead of you then. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're we're. we're about the same yeah i love um one thing i particularly like about it is is that while it's difficult and while there you know it does give you enough save areas let's call them yes the campfires but also as you're traversing you will unlock like a little bridge that yes. should you die you now have that bridge that cuts off that whole section you just did so you don't have to repeat every step of every journey every time that's that's one element of it i really like 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still love getting the little pages of the instruction booklet and I, the map, when you get a, the, the map of the area, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. You're like, oh, now I can see where, where I can possibly go where yeah. I haven't been in a kind of Metroid way, I guess, where you say, okay, where have I not gone yet? What, what can I do next? Um, so yeah, similarly, really liking it, loving the music. That's the one element yes. of it that really doesn't feel Zelda-y to me, but in a positive way. It's got a lovely, at times relaxing, at times pulsing electronic beat. Yeah. It feels super modern. I love it. Um, and yeah, the gameplay is great. I only learned uh, yesterday, actually, that there's like a no-fail option. Like, difficulty oh, you can turn really? off that you don't take any like damage. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how hard the bosses are going to get. I still haven't hit a wall difficulty wise. There was the, um, garden night. Yeah. I, I, I remember like when I found that and it did its first two attacks, I was like, Oh my God, it's going to take me hours to do. And it was hard, but I, I was able to beat it on like my second try. Like it's not, I think it was it, my fifth try. Yeah. It's not, it's hard, but it's not any kind of insane punishing thing. No. Um, and, and I think in Tunic, what I like as well is enemy attacks. You're, you're better to sit back and like when they come to you first to take a step back, see what their attack looks like. You have the little knights, for example, with the shields who do a big old swing at you. And if you just step out of the way, they're going to leave themselves open for two or three hits. Same with that boss. If he puts yeah. the sword this way, okay, you know what, the, what attack is coming and you can, uh, act uh, accordingly also i love your little roll the a roll right mm. but that if you keep it held you then run and it doesn't use your stamina yes very useful for doing a dodge and then running in quickly and doing <laughs> yeah doing damage yeah no the night took me as i said maybe five five goes um but i never felt like i was getting killed before i had done any significant amount of damage i was always near having killed it before i myself got killed um, so never felt frustrating in that way. We'll see how the next bosses yeah. I hit are. But I, I've got all my little um your your health, your attack, your your defense. I've got all those on three. Mm. So I've leveled those up to to as it says in the instruction book, there's a little try to get here, yeah. To here before you <laughs> try to do stuff, otherwise you'll be killed. So I've done that. So yeah. Um, very much liking it. Although I did go to the shop and I saw there he was selling another of those uh, right, right bumper potions uh, for a thousand coins. I was like, lad, fucking inflation in tunic world. I'm not <laughs> as if I had that many coins. Yeah, but yeah, very good. I'm hoping it uh, it keeps going. I feel like I feel like I'm making a lot of progress though, I, I, and and the world doesn't seem to be maybe as big as I initially thought it was. I feel like we're mostly going to be. To that main hub area, yeah, yeah. I uh, I did do a quick Google. It's like it's like twelve ish hours to beat. It's yeah. not anything. But I, I don't ha- I don't have a good concept of how far in I am. Yeah, wise. I really don't know. Like when you said that you you played a few more hours, I feel like mm, did I even play a few more hours? I guess I did, but I I feel like Tunic more so than other games. <laughs> doesn't give you a good feeling for how long you've been actually no playing. no and i think also it's it's easy as i did it's probably why i i i might have actually put more time in but you might be slightly further i've gotten lost once or twice and i think it's just it's one of those things where they don't spell things out for you and there are quite a lot of hidden paths and some of them are yeah i would say they're critical there are critical paths that you have to kind of go behind an object yeah. obscuring the camera to get where you're going 
And it's one of those things where I don't love that, but it's a it's a uh, give and take that I'm willing to deal with to get the general sense of wonder out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it's a little frustrating, but in general, it 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 feels like you're adventuring in a very real way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Likewise with the instruction booklet. Some early on, I was looking at the instruction booklet and going like, I don't understand what any of this is. I like. I know they've got a lot of illustrations, but they've got no English and or very limited English. And then I was kind of like, ah. Like, is this too cute an idea to really pay off? But then the more you just have to really fucking look at it, you just have to really study yeah. it. And then it's kind of like if you put the work in, you can you can figure it out. Um, yeah. yeah, the combat. I mean, a lot of the stuff. I know it's such an obvious comparison, but a lot of stuff. It's it's got a lot of the souls elements to it. You got your bonfires, but also the shortcut thing. That's a major thing from those games. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the 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 checkpoints are just the right amount of distance that it tends to be a bit of work to get to them but every now and then you're kicking over a bridge or dropping a rope that will help you get back there if you die um yeah so yeah tunic is a thumbs up and again another one a a cracking little game pass game Uh, i don't i don't think it's on any other systems pc and xbox at the moment for that one um uh, yeah elsewhere on the old game pass uh i started weird west uh which is an isometric shooter from i can't remember the developer's name but they're basically uh ex dishonored devs formerly of arcane i guess and so basically it's a kind of an isometric twin stick shooter where you play a, a cow a cow poke cow gal uh uh in in the wild west a former bounty hunter who buried her irons start a family and then of course she got pulled back in by uh, uh some some murder and betrayal on her ranch and so basically, yeah, it's like um, uh, it's 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 a Wild West setting with some occult stuff. Uh, you know, you're you're fighting bandits, and then after a few hours, there's like wraiths and monsters. Uh, and basically, it's very much in the spirit of the Dishonored games and the other games this, this these folks have made prior to forming the studio. It's like incredibly like decision based stuff. Um, uh, so obviously, you've got melee and you've got shooting attacks, but you also have stealth. Um, you can run away from encounters if they get too hectic for you. They, when you're doing the tutorial in the first mission where they're showing you the combat uh, mechanics, they straight up tell you they they show you how to quick save. And when they're telling you what the quick save does, they say, "Hey, use this before a combat encounter if you want to try some weird shit. And if it fucks up, don't worry, you can just reload back to this point." And do it, not in those exact words, but they basically explicitly tell you you can save scum if you want to try some weird shit. You know what I mean? And 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 bounce back so and then uh, when you finish the first mission you go to the first town which is again you know a little western town with a saloon and a gunsmith and a doctor and whatever and when you get to that town when they're tutorializing you they're like hey just so you know and it's the first time i've ever had a game like say this explicitly like you can kill every story npc if you so choose you can kill the gunsmith and rob their store and kill the sheriff and do that. But, you know, if you do that, they're gone. You know, if that's a storyline character, that's that story is done. Uh, if it's... Uh, I haven't tried this yet. I'm actually tempted to do it since they encourage you to, like, save scum and experiment around. But it's like, I assume if you kill the sheriff, you can't turn in bounties anymore and stuff like that. So it's very kind of play-your-own-way uh, uh, type of game. It's quite hard. Um, uh, the enemy AI is, is pretty good. Uh, so I've been trying to use stealth as much as I can um, uh, uh, to get around because the the shootouts are, are pretty tough. It's interesting. It's very ambitious. Um, uh, it's got a lot going on. Uh, similar to Dishonored, you can pick up like every single object in the world 
and throw it around every chair you come across every bucket and they've got like multiple systems in place where so if you pick up a random bucket of water you found in a level if you throw it at a bunch of bad guys and you have a weapon that does an electric attack wet enemies take more electric damage you will find oil canisters and rather than shooting them in the traditional video game sense you can pick them up and throw them and kick them at people uh they want you to play around with the physics as well it's it's a very very weird ambitious thing Uh, i'm only about two hours in so i've done the tutorial mission and like two side missions but it's um, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it's got like a reputation meter. You can fall out of favor with people. Uh, apparently, if you do kill everyone in a certain town, it turns into a ghost town and all this other stuff. It's got a lot going on. I, I'm going to keep uh, plucking away at it. Uh, but it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. If you like that kind of heavily, heavily play your own way uh, uh, kind of game, I think it is worth it's worth a download and play the tutorial on Game Pass if it intrigues you. Um. Yeah, that is Weird West, and that's all I've been playing this week. Yeah, I played a bit of FIFA as well. FIFA twenty two. Jump back on. into it. I just you know, playing Tunic. Love Tunic. Love Severance. <laughs> but my brain just needed a little uh, downtime. Stick on a podcast. I'm catching up on the Kermode and Mayo mm. since that show is over oh. now. Listen to the last few weeks. That mm. well, I was listening to the Figure Wrestling Federation. Of course. Kermoda Mayo again now. Um, so I played a bit of FIFA 22. Uh, started a new career mode. Let's rebuild Manchester United the way it should be fucking done. None of this buying uh, messy shite. We are going to buy young up-and-coming stars. We're going to build a team with a solid core. Bought in a few good players. Got rid of some dead wood. Started season at home to Leeds, six one victory. I said, "I'm too, I'm too fucking good for this game." Let's let's put the difficulty up from professional to world class. <laughs> now, professional is not a fucking difficult difficulty anyway. But I'm wow. so long. Put up to world class. Uh, Southampton next five one defeat. Oh, <laughs> so nine goal swing in the old. Uh, yeah. So you are not world class, as it turns out. I am, as it turns out, not world. That's because all those years of. Pro Evolution have me too fucking Pez brained to play. Oh, here he is now. Here he is. Here he is. Uh, and then I played Wolves 1 0 loss, which is not as bad as 5 1. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I need I need to get back into the swing of FIFA. I'm not used to its, uh, its rhythm. You got to sneeze. <laughs> oh, excuse me. God but, um, bless you. Yeah, I mean, it's a good looking game. I still. <laughs> I know that Pro Evolution is like dead now, so yeah, it's a moot point. But I, I generally still, uh, I'm not I'm either. I'm not used to or or not a big fan of just how FIFA plays at a foundation level. But since it's the only game in town, it is what it is. I did see Konami put out a statement this week that they're like, "We're we're trying to fix it." I'm sorry, I'm trying to fix it. It's too late. <laughs> it's too it's late. Dead. Everyone's moved on. I think it's a company like obviously it was a shit launch, but it was a combination of a shit launch, but also you rebranded it and threw everything out and started again. And that was shit. Uh, I feel like the the ultimate make good would be them just saying, we're just going to put out a Pez next year and just forget this happened. But I don't think they're going to make it like it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I I think once you, once you go down that road, it's very hard to go back. Well, the thing is that EA are apparently not making, is there some issue with FIFA licensing as well? Yes, what was that? Um, isn't there an, isn't there another another football game coming out? There is another one, and they've got yeah. some licenses or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but they, so EA, 
have said they're uh, yeah they're they're renaming the 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 game uh but it's like i feel like (laughs) then they're like they haven't completely fallen out with fifa so this feels like a little bit of a let's just call it let's just go our separate ways but before this gets completely messy uh pun not intended it's been fifa for like what 28 years what was yeah what was the first one 94 yeah yeah um god yeah i mean i feel like this is one of those things where people are letting their desire for money get in the way of a pretty sizable stack of money um i think it would benefit all parties involved to just keep it the way it is um but yeah yeah what was i'm trying to remember now what was like it was just a couple of months ago some like team came out of nowhere some development team and said we're making a football game by the way yeah i can't remember who it was and they had like they had some celebrity some nobody some nobody company yeah and like ronaldo was in the trailer wasn't he is that right i don't remember I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this while we while we talk about something else. Uh, UFL, it's called UFL. Okay, UFL. Oh, sounds great. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a competition United are going to be playing in next season. Yeah, Ronaldo's here on all the marketing uh, shit. Um, okay, yeah, not again. Still not much. Uh, yeah, still not much by the way of news um, uh, on it. Yeah, no, nothing. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the game guff for this week. Paul back on the FIFA. Uh, we'll jump over here. No emails this week, so we'll jump in to wrestling guff. Uh, and now, lads, the question on everyone's lips Who wants to do Raw? I watched a little uh, bit of Raw. Oh, no. Tony, you didn't watch a second of Raw? Of course not. I mean, no. oh, let, let, me, let me give you my thoughts on Raw, right? <sighs> Paul is doing a very funny uh, visual gag right now, listeners. Uh, it was it was the Cody entrance, which was quite great. Um, I did watch for the first time in many years a full episode of Raw. A full ep? Yeah. Now, I will say this is the next day I downloaded it and I was making very liberal use of the fast forward because much like we saw on the WrestleMania shows, endless video packages endless video packages every coming in and out of every commercial they were recap and stuff they opened the show with the recap it was non-stop so the whole the whole process of watching the three-hour show took me about 90 minutes because it was i was i was being and and the entrances as well I, all their entrances are shit with bad music anyway so um yeah so i watched raw um the cody thing was weird because you might look at it with a naked eye and say, well, they're letting him be Cody. He's being AEW Cody. But it was a little bit um, the ending of Network where he comes out and it's a big fancy game show and everyone screams, I'm mad as hell. It was a little bit, not to say that it was real when he was in AEW, because I don't think it was. But it was very kind of, I'm doing my Cody Rhodes performance. Do you know what I mean? Um, talking about how the decision to come back was easy and I'm going to win the title that my dad never held because he never held the WWF title. And it was, he did the, he had the quivering lip and the teary eye. And I was just kind of like, I mean, like, I don't doubt that he does want to do that, but I, I just didn't believe it as corny as it sounds. It was like, brother, I'm just not feeling it. Do you know what I mean? It feels like WWE has given you a fat contract and it's, I suppose it's better than going out there and reading all of the shit that everyone else reads in their promos. 
but I, it just it just felt like he's doing the the Cody Rhodes dance, and I I just didn't I wasn't moved by it really. I think the funny thing though is that we've all seen it because yes. we've we've watched AEW over the last years. For someone who knows Cody as as dashing Cody and Stardust, for him to come out and deliver this performance that's so different to what they're used to, I think will make him stand out a lot. Mm-hmm. I do think it's ironic though that his character in aw which was i can't go for the world title has morphed into i'm specifically going for the world title. <laughs> yeah. such a, a bow face no i thought his i thought his promo was was pretty good if you know as as we are aw watchers I, do, I don't think there was much in it that we haven't seen before um i think it's interesting though that they he's he's kind of laid the cards on the table right away in terms of all I want is to win the world title. Um, and I wonder how, how quickly they'll ultimately go in that direction. I wonder if there'll be a little element of like uh, the Mick Foley wanting to main event WrestleMania storyline to it where he maybe won't win right away. You can play on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very funny that he is, his Cody Vader is just a... a <laughs> A box-shaped object on the ramp that he got yeah. like, stuck in. Or, or I don't know if he got stuck necessarily, but his his head was out and the camera was on him for a long time before he started coming up. <laughs> it was really good, and it was one of those things. It was actually only like two seconds, but it felt like a lifetime. Felt like an eternity. But then, even when he came up, he just kind of stood there and looked into the camera. I don't think he's quite figured out what is his entrance energy in WWE should be yet. I even got that feeling at WrestleMania. He seemed very tentative when he was coming out. Same here on Raw. Um, but no, I thought it was good. I thought it was clever to open with him. Um, and then I didn't watch any more of Raw, so I don't know okay. more to say about it. The funny thing, most of Raw was honestly fairly inoffensive. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> did you not see how, wait, you missed the debut of Ezekiel. I saw tweets about it. That's fair. So <laughs> Kevin Owens is coming out and he's doing his, he's basically yeah. doing a, a, I have, I hurt my back before the match. So it doesn't count is, is the shake he's doing. Yeah. Just before you go on, bro, this is Kevin Owens hot off a WrestleMania main event with Steve Austin. Yeah. Right? Uh, so how do you capitalize on it? Continue. Go on. Kevin Owens wrestled the, the, the biggest star in the history of the business main eventing WrestleMania one, one 24 hour. No, sorry. Uh, 48, 48 hours previously. He comes out and he starts doing the whole, um, listen, that match shouldn't count because my back was hurt. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was going to call it especially generic, but all their music is absolute shite currently. So another one of their generic themes plays, right? With the words, Ezekiel on the screen and I, I swear to God I was like they, they did not bring back Ezekiel Jackson they did not bring back <laughs> Ezekiel Jackson which would have been way better but <laughs> out Rick. walks out walks this guy who looks like someone from like 1995 just really muscular guy in like brightly colored tights with a you know face big, the big Neville wrist big uh, big wrist gauntlet been. thing big bushy head of hair and really clean shaven face with like a very strong jawline this looks like someone 
that like would get like a little bit of offense, you know, on Warrior in a Superstars match or some shit. Do you know what I mean? It was like Tom McGee. Yeah, he, 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 that's actually a great shot. He looked a lot like primetime Tom McGee. <laughs> Big jacked up guy. And I'll be honest, I did not tweak who this fucking guy was when he came out. It was legitimately completely jarring to me. And so he gets in the ring and he just stands there. And Owens looks at him and goes, Elias, is that you? And the guy goes, no. For context, by the way, Elias hasn't been on television for like nine fucking months. They wrote the guy off last summer and he started doing vignettes where he was like burning his clothes or whatever. Like he's been, he's been off, right? And so the guy goes, no, no, no. I'm Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. And Kevin Owens goes, you're Elias. And he says, no, I'm Ezekiel. And they have a little bit of banter back and forth. Kevin Owens says, I hate liars, which was a cute bit because he was just out doing the whole I hurt my back thing. And Ezekiel goes, you got stunned on Saturday. And everyone chanted, you got stunned. And... That was it. Owens said, get out of my ring. I'm going to count to 10. He counted to 10. Ezekiel stood there. So Owens walked up the ramp. Um, and that was that. I hope this is not like Kevin Owens' opponent for like backlash or whatever. Because this is like, this would be like Jericho 2002 just comes out and complains that he's not booked levels of falling off after a WrestleMania main event. Uh, he The guy got absolutely no reaction coming out. People did like seem mildly amused by the Elias thing. But I... I, I guess this is their version of Joseph Park, maybe. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, that was that was funny. Uh, yeah, and interesting. And interesting. And I, I don't think, um, I don't think Ezekiel. Well, with uh, Joseph Park, you had the big monster and the shy the, uh, accountant yeah. man. It was the Superman kind of Clark Kent, yeah, type thing. Here, he's is, just a big jacked man. It's a jacked man with a beard and a guitar, and a jacked man with no beard and no guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very odd segment. I mean, there's not too much else then after that to chat about on this show. But they they advertised a Reigns promo uh, with social media speculating that he was hurt. I guess he's not hurt. There's been literally no update about that. I assume he's fine. But he yeah. came out and he basically said, "Watch SmackDown." It was the wor- it was one of the worst <laughs> ending promos I've ever fucking seen, especially for a Raw after Mania. That was literally it. And as far as I'm aware, on SmackDown, the only the only news was that he said basically they want the Usos to unify the titles, the tag titles now. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, they did a thing that uh, on paper sounds kind of clever. Braun Breaker was like screwed at TakeOver. So they had a Breaker-Ziggler rematch on Raw, which, you know, Raw, bigger show, more popular. Raw after Mania crowd, traveling fans. They're going to be big into the guy. Let me tell you, this was the worst, like, opinion poll focus test you've ever seen for NXT. Nobody knew who the fuck this guy was when he came out. It was actually really, really depressing. Imagine like prime Johnny Gargano coming out in like 2017 on the raw after mania and nobody knowing who he was, it wouldn't happen because the traveling mania fans would go ballistic for him. Nobody cared about Braun breaker. Um, uh, they had a decent little match. They reacted big to him winning cause they saw a title change, but it was, it was a, a pretty damning, uh, 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 litmus test for NXT. Other than that, it was fine. Uh, MVP turned on Lashley. That was an all right segment. Fucking poor Bob Olash, he's going to have to wrestle Omos again, um, uh, based on that. Uh, they had, more so than anything else in the show, 
they had one of those booking decisions that only WWE does that makes it literally impossible to give a shit about any of their results. They do Liv and Rhea against Sasha and Naomi, right? Sasha and Naomi, the new champs. Fine little match, good tag match. Sasha and, and Naomi pin Liv clean in the middle of the ring. And it was a contenders match. The idea was it was non-title, but if Liv and Rhea won, they would get a title match next week, but they lost. And Rhea walks off. They're already teasing dissension for those two. They go to a backstage segment and, and Liv's like, what? Rhea, what happened? I, I, I just don't understand. And, and, and Rhea's like, I'm just, I'm really annoyed. And Liv goes, don't worry about it. I spoke to the GMs and we have a title match next week. And I'm like, well, why, why do the match then? Or why not have them win? It would be it would be my other question. Like I know that they, I think they, they are like I said, they're obviously teasing this breakup already. So I assume they lose next week and and Rhea turns on her or whatever. But that was just one of those like I was like, this is why I don't watch because the whole match was pointless because they got the title match anyway. Uh, and they also had they also had like for the second time they had Austin Theory beat Finn Balor, who's the U.S. champion, which is fine in theory if you want to push Austin Theory. Pun not intended, but but you just had him lose to a commentator on the biggest show of the year. So it's like, are you pushing him or are you not pushing him? Pick one, you know. Um, so yeah, it it was full of that kind of thing as well. So if you care at all, and I think AEW's existence has shown the light of day on that kind of booking as just not good enough anymore. Um, uh, that was that was very prominent on Raw. So that was Raw, folks. Uh, don't expect another review next week. <laughs> um, Sounds great. Yeah. Oh yeah, straight after that shit. Uh, what are the rest of them were we watching this week, lads? Well, Dynamite and Rampage, of course. Dynamite and Rampage. Dynamite and Rampage. So Dynamite had a great main event. The, uh, FTR versus the Bucks two. Oh, of course. Yeah. So uh, yeah, second, I think second, second very high quality tag match of the week for FTR. I think I preferred this to the first Young Bucks match. I think, um, which, which actually, there's probably that's that's very harsh because that was a pandemic era daily space match. Mm. Mm. But uh, I think I, I do think I preferred this one. Yeah, I need to watch, watch that one back. Although it'd be weird watching the pandemic. I haven't watched anything from the. I've seen some clips and it is weird. I haven't. Well, it's yeah, I haven't really watched anything from that era. So. Maybe not, but yeah, I thought I thought this was really great, and it's very weird. FTR being big baby faces, it's very weird. They've done it very well. The crowd, mm, crowd go along with it. It's it's that probably what Barry was kind of alluding to with the booking and the logic and everything. But when they want to be baby faces, the crowd go, "Okay, you're baby faces. We'll cheer for you now." So, yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, I always love a big smooch at the end. <laughs> <laughs> they nearly they nearly went mouth to mouth. It was very intense there for a millisecond. It was great. <laughs> so it was good. Uh, I also loved Wardlow. Um <laughs> Wardlow basically not just like fighting his way through security, but actually trying to murder some of those <laughs> yeah, one up against the wall, like thrive, smashing his head into the wall repeatedly. That was great. And then he just came out and stood there. <laughs> he just murdered four men put them in wheelchairs for life to come and stare at uh, Captain Sean Dean and uh, the other one. What's his face? The chairman, Sean Spears. Spears. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about him before. Uh, yeah, that was great. The Wardlow stuff is great. 
there are three things I I particularly enjoy about AW at the moment. Three very specific things that will get a pop from me no matter what. Number one, Wardlow coming through the crowd while MJF is on commentary. Easiest pop in the world. Oh, yeah. he's great. Wardlow just fucking up security and getting like slightly closer to the ring every this time he got across the barricade and was oh, immediately accosted right love Wardlow love what they're doing with that number two Tony cut the shit <laughs> right Jade, Jade Cargill has got her hook that that is going to get her over it's, it's the cut the shit line and number three is when the acclaims come out with their great theme song no, it's not Max Caster's rap. It's when Bowens goes up on the turnbuckle and they do this. And they do the That's my AW top three for the moment. Oh, that's probably my top three as well, actually. There you go. <laughs> I love Jay Cargill's promo is so good. She's really getting into a kind of good good rhythm. I think she's getting better every yeah, week. Agreed. Just to cut the shit, Tony, and then the the baddie section. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I love it. I don't understand <laughs> it. I love it. She just and, she um, just goes on Twitter. She's like, "I'm going to be in this town next week. I need all the fine ones front row." Because yeah. oh god, I'm sick of looking at all you piggies in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. I love it. She just beats people. She just she just beats people every week. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's not complicated. Super easy. I, I want to see the acclaimed on TV every week. The acclaimed are great. Yeah, their they act need, is over. Then they need to be the, the tag champs. Come on, or they need to push. They need to push and not to be used for Caster to lose to every star that comes in. Yeah, yeah. although his rap on Joe was great. That it was, was great. It was, um, next division. And Joe, I mean, it was a fairly basic match, but I think he looked he looked good. He looked good. Yeah, he did, and he's going to be against Suzuki next week. Oh, baby! Oh, yes. Hello. I wonder uh, how long. Like, obviously, they gave Suzuki the the title. I wonder how long he's sticking around, or whether it's going to be a bit of a transition. I'd say he's leaving probably next week. I would say okay. um, <laughs> uh, that's not, that's just a guess, but I would assume that the that would be why. I, I first of all, I don't think they should beat Joe this early, and second of all, it just yeah, I imagine it was transition. There was also that news story this week that it seems like majority of the it's still not clear what ring of honor is going to be but it's going to be majority aew people um uh filling those roles i mean they have enough people to do it um yeah so so that's that's that um uh it's also like really like just a testament to the quality of um of like the the wrestling you get on aew every week is kind of like the as far as dynamite goes the young bucks match was the most talked about thing and rightfully so it was the best match but it's obviously of a very high standard when you can just easily move past like a Christian Adam Cole match, which is just like just such great rock solid pro mm-hmm. wrestling, like great TV yeah. wrestling. Christian will always deliver, always, 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 um, and that's like that's like that's like AEW's like fifth best match of the week. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also I understand he's going for the world title and so needs to be a focal point of the show. But insofar as AEW is is good at kind of having someone on one week and then maybe they're not in such a prominent role the next week, I feel like Adam Cole is a bit too much on every show. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. He doesn't need to be necessarily taken off for a week, but um, just a little slow. And I understand he's over as Rover as well. Mm. A little little bit less Adam Cole, a little bit more uh, the acclaimed. Jack Cargill. 
Wardlow, Wardlow killing men in polo yeah. shirts. <laughs> that's and that's right for us. speaking of great, I think Rampage was probably the better show this week overall. I, yeah, I thoroughly um, enjoyed it. This was a not skippable Rampage. No. Yeah. Br- Brian Danielson and uh, Trent Barreto, which was very, very good. Yep. Uh, you had, was it Willow versus... Yeah, Red Velvet. Pumpkin Pie, Red, uh, Red Velvet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was all right. I can't remember what the third match was. was Swerve and QT. Oh, Swerve QT, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Solid, yeah. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Is it Christmas already? (laughs) You boy, what day is it? It's Wheeler Utah's coming out day. Um, Oh, what a a performance. It was like Austin Brett, WrestleMania 13 vibes. Uh, Wheeler fucking bleeding all over the shop. Oh, God, big boy, big boy blade job. Um, what we should have seen from MJF uh, in the dog collar match. Um, yeah, and then oh, I, I bought that um, that finish with the um, the quant- the uh, what's it called paradigm the, shift, the big paradigm shift. Oh, yeah. the, the first paradigm shift. I was oh, like, okay, okay, oh yeah, the first one, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Moxley getting in the referee's face and selling it big time. That was awesome. Ah, oh, so good. So so good, yeah. Mox did a great job, and uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yuda, it takes two to tango, though. Yuda was was right there, and it, but it was perfectly okay. set up for for what they were trying to achieve. It was very very good. I like that Moxie would would hit the big finish. He'd kick out, transition to a submission. Yes, yeah. The the, the ultimate get sympathy for the babyface move. Yuda would like oh, struggle, and he get out, he reverse, and then he get hit with another big finish and submit. Oh. then finally he just couldn't. Couldn't fight back anymore. Um, very, very good. Very effective. And then William Regal came out with Brian Danielson. Regal was was walking all funky, <laughs> like he was gonna, like he was gonna hit him with a with a, a left hook or something. And uh, he didn't ultimately. Um, yeah, I thought if it, the one the one little thing, you know, you know, I'm a nitpicker. Oh, you know, I'm a nitpicker. I, th- I thought Regal was uh, overacting a little bit. He was a little hammy. He was a little hammy. A little bit too hammy. I think for 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 uh, 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 such a serious uh, faction as the B, I would better get this one right. BCC. BCC. Is, um, I thought he was a little a little over the top, but uh, very good. I like that you to then did the BCC in his blood on his chest. Yeah. Listen, that lad made the most of that blood because he also, he was in the fucking like cloverleaf or something and he was like, he he suddenly kind of put it on his hands and he was clawing on the mat, even these bloody handprints. I was like, oh, this guy gets it. This guy fucking knows what he's doing. Oh, he's great. Best hand blood since the the fake blood Mick Foley used in that boiler room brawl. That boiler room brawl, yeah. Which was a great spot as well. Fake, fake or not. Um, Yeah. Um, like AEW gets like mid carders over mm. so fucking well. Like you don't you don't have to do anything else with Yuda for another like year until it's his time to get like a real real push. But now he's made. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, um, I, I I guess he is formally inducted. I guess they didn't say it on commentary, but uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was heavily implied. Heavily, I would heavily like implied. to see him change his look though. He needs to lose those tights. They look like the tights, the colorful tights. They are very, they are very best friends tights. Looks, yeah, job, job squad tights. Needs to get rid of those. Yeah. And I guess that leads yeah. into BCC versus best friends as the kind of feud, right? That'd be cool. Except it's so one sided. 
<laughs> like best friends versus like the the killers. The, yeah, the, killer the destroyers, the the rogues gallery. The, yeah, but that would be that would be good. So we have Cole versus Page on Rampage this week. Another yes. must watch Rampage Texas Deathmatch. I'm a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Second Texas Deathmatch of Hangman Page's like what six defenses he's had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, make it a signature match. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think they are going out of the way to beef up Rampage quite a lot. Uh, there was another match announced for it. Actually, I feel I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got yeah we've got the Suzuki J- uh, Joe match as well. Um, they teased on Dynamite uh, Hater versus Storm, but I feel like they teased it in a way where like that might be like a semi final or final in the Owen rather than a next week type thing. Uh, they did announce another own heart qualifier, didn't they? Yes. Um, I can't remember what it is. They've they've like four, five matches already announced for Dynamite. So, um, oh. um, oh, I was about to go on Tony Khan's Twitter to find it. We have to stop everything and talk oh, about yeah. the real news from the week, which is that I don't like. There's enough time left on this podcast to talk about. Tony Khan's been onto the CIA and he's gotten them to do a, a report for him. To, to say that all of his haters and losers aren't even real, uh, uh, and that and that no, none of this anti AEW sentiment you see is is genuine. It's all it's coming from bot farms, and 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 he's asking who could possibly be paying for such a for such an endeavor. Um, that was that was one of the funniest evenings in the history of of internet wrestling great. fandom. It was so fucking yeah. good. Um, I mean, I don't really, I don't think we can really do much more justice to it I'm beyond so that. Glad, I'm so glad we have Tony Khan, just just for the banter. I was kind of worried, you know, one day, obviously, Vin, Vince McMahon's going to die, probably another 30 years to go, but he will die one day. And we will lose one of the great all-time, you know, characters, the great kind of weird human beings. But I'm glad we've got Tony Khan, yeah. who's only, what is he, 38, 39 or something, and he's already mm. going, he's already pretty mental. Imagine Tony Khan. <laughs> Imagine him when he's when he's Vince's age. Like what he's going to be like when he's still when he's running AEW and he's bought WWE and he's bought New Japan and he's like still, <laughs> still booking Rampage every week. <laughs> it's just like I just love the idea. He he rang some shitty fucking think tank. He rang he rang studytainment.org analyzing your future streaming of hope and they were like and he was like hello yes i own uh, a wrestling company and they're like uh, this i got some fucking guy on the phone here uh and i i need you to do a study about people who are mean about me on twitter and they're like okay pal and they're just like quickly googling his name and seeing his network like, oh yes no we do that it's 70 million dollars to get that done he's like deal done get me two <laughs> Uh, definitely, definitely got absolutely rinsed for for, for that study because that type of uh, companies doing that kind of shit definitely raking them over the coals for financially for that. Um, I can, I hope I hope it's like publicly released in some capacity. In some, I I fully believe he did it. I fully believe he he paid for that work to be done because it is it's not an uncommon topic of conversation in the world of of entertainment. Uh, uh, but I I would love for it to be released so it can be poured over. I love that. You internet sleuths. <laughs> Your detective work. The only thing that was missing from the tweet, I must say, was uh, an actually PS I fired Cody because he was a bad wrestler. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. When he when he when he tweeted that study thing, I was like, he's going off on Cody within six or seven weeks. I'd put <laughs> money on it. He's gonna log on at like two AM his time and go absolutely ape shit about him. All it's gonna do Cody's gonna go on the bump or some shit and say, Oh, it's it's great to be back in the big leagues. And then he's gonna go on he's gonna go on Twitter like eight hours later after writing fucking the Rampage script on the back of a packet of fags. And he's going to go, uh, just to be clear, you weren't worth big league money. Uh, um, next to two is atrocious. I can't put someone like that on my show. Um, you know, and uh, I, I hope you do a dive and the Miz doesn't catch you. Battle, you know? of, the belts. <laughs> Battle of the Belts tomorrow. Battle of the Belts. Tune into Battle of the Belts tomorrow. Great show. Amazing. Great show. Rose versus Nyla. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Because he did, he did get a rampage plug in when he was plugging the the study. Of course. Mm. Uh, oh Lord, where would wrestling be without this man? That's what we have to ask yourselves. Um. So yeah, that was an absolute banging week of uh, of AEW television. Any other wrestling bits and bobs we've got here in the notes? They do have um, uh, AEW was announced uh, uh, their flagship shows as appearing on New Japan World. I thought that was quite significant. Yeah. It's- because you remember we had that those years, what felt like years and years of debate of whether Progress and uh, all the other indies would end up on the WWE network. It took years, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, AEW on New Japan. I think that could be quite significant. Obviously, yeah. you know, at the moment it's not huge, but you know, could it lead to more collaboration? Could it lead to kind of cross, you know, cross promoted or mm. joint promoted shows, things like that? I think that'd be very interesting. I think it'd be interesting for, you know, AW owns Ring of Honor now, obviously. Yeah. So they're accumulating some kind of content library. I wonder if once they set up their own VOD service, whatever it might be, Mm. if they wouldn't maybe not necessarily have like New Japan's entire library, but maybe they would show a Wrestle Kingdom on their Mm -hmm. uh, service or they show, you know, some of the bigger shows, G1, for example, they have the G1 shows are on AW, VOD, whatever. That'd be very interesting. So yeah. I'm not so much interested from the point of view of the AW content being on VOD in Japan. I mm. think that most people who access to New Japan World on this side of the world, or even in the US, are already watching AW by the time it'll show up on New Japan or mm. New Japan service. But certainly for the other way around, what the implications of that deal will be, I think, will be interesting. I I do wonder. I I feel like it hasn't been said yet, but I feel like I do wonder if it'll be day and date stuff like live, like on fight. I assume this will be region locked. I can't imagine. It's going to be if you have a subscription, you can just get AEW. I feel like that's that's uh, that's something they'll well, want to close Japan, off. You know, yeah, they have closed off stuff in the past. So okay, very possible. Okay, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I I definitely agree that it's it's kind of more so than just this news. It's more kind of what's it, what's it, uh, what it is indicative mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously that that relationship seemed like it had maybe cooled a teeny tiny bit um, in the last few months. But now yeah, it's Jay White for two weeks, two weeks, and that that was it. And and a lot of uh, New Japan guys are doing Impact stuff, whereas now it's kind of like, all right, you know, AEW back in the fold, um, and Suzuki obviously coming next week. So, yeah, very interesting. We will uh, we will see how how that relationship plays out. Uh, anything else to chat about before we wrap up? No. Okay. Well, uh, I went to watch Ring of Honor. Okay. Um. On one of my free days, I'm going to watch Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. And I thought, you know, I, I, I would happily pay for it because I, I've paid for every AW show mm-hmm. up to this point. I even have the old Fight TV for Dynamite and Rampage gimmick, mm-hmm. as I'm sure we do. 
but you know, Ring of Honor and I just uh, use a, a, a daily motion link on a spurious website to watch it instead. And Karma, not the uh, not Awesome Kong, came back to get me because the audio was out of sync on <laughs> So I, I didn't watch it, fortunately, but maybe the time. I do want to watch it because I do consider it canonically AEW mm. um, to an extent. Uh, so I do want to watch it. I, I guess I might have to shout out for it on, on the fight TVs. The whole show is really good. I mean, it's, so that's not, it's not a one match thing. So, uh, you know, I think I know. It'd be, I, it's worth a few Bob. If that's the resort you have to absolutely go to, you know? Yeah. And, but I, I haven't watched uh, any other matches from Mania weekend. Like I was planning to. <laughs> no, me neither. No, unfortunately. Um, yeah okay so we will call it there folks we will be back next week with uh more AEW stuff we'll talk about that Cole page match we'll talk about everything any other exciting development suzuki joe and all that plus all the other film game uh tv music book fucking whatever we've done that week we'll talk about it on the show you know how it goes if you want to pop us an email go to chairshoppodcast.com fill out a form and send us over one you can do that uh about any subject that you please and uh yeah we'll be back next week to talk to you again so thanks for listening, everyone. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Goodbye from Paul. Goodbye.